Hey shit talkers, welcome to Talk Shit with P. So obviously I'm P of Talk Shit with P. <laughs> and I am such a shit talker that I had to create my own stage. My podcast is a safe space to talk all the shits of this shitty world. And believe me, this is a shitty world with lots of shit to talk about. I sometimes shit talk by myself and no, I'm not crazy. And other times, well most of the time, I am joined by incredible individuals who do all the shit talking. Well, not all, but most of the shit talking. On Talk Shit with P, we laugh, we cry, we cuss a lot, but most important, we learn something. Well, at least I do, and I would hope so do you. So grab a drink and join the party. what my guest today is so special to me because in my head we are literally BFFs okay so make sure you give him so much love because his energy will just win you over just like he won me over I'm gonna let him introduce himself and we're gonna get into it hey Taylor welcome to talk shit with me Hello, I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah everyone my name is Tyler Martin and I am one of those multi-hyphenates, an actor, writer, and podcaster. I am the holy host of the spiritual comedy podcast, Have a Blessed Gay, where I critically and sometimes and often comedically (laughs) discuss religion and spirituality and look at it from an outcast perspective. I am in New York City right now, but I am originally from Texas. And yeah, I'm just just an all-around creative. Yes, he forgot to mention he's also a singer and comedian, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let the people know you have a longer CV, so he ain't just a podcast, but there's more, lots more to him, so many layers. (laughs) Add on the hyphens. Just keep them going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, um, how I haven't met Taylor yet, and I, I would hopefully one day meet him when I go to New York. I'm definitely looking him up. Hell yes. I had him speak at the podfest. Um, for most of you who have been listening to me and following me, you know we had a uh, podfest happening to uh for two weeks, and um. He was speaking during the mental health con, and that's the reason I also got the chance to to hear you speak, because I had a case study on mental health, so I was trying to catch as much on the mental health con as I could, and oh my God, I remember I was like, Wendy, make sure you read my my comment to Tyler, and make sure he knows that there's a BFF out here. I was so glad <laughs> to to hear your comment and everything. Yes. yes. And I felt your energy even just through the comments. So <laughs> and, and as soon as it was done, um his his presentation was laughing through tears, using comedy to discuss sensitive topics. I was like, Oh my god, I laughed through all my sensitive shit. Like he's just like me. And hearing him talk and how passionate he was, the energy, the vibes, like everybody in that presentation was like we needed that to be live. I mean, to be 
there on the stage in Florida instead of seeing you through a screen because you would have here as cheer on you and make the noises we were making on comment section. <laughs> but I remember right after then I went on Instagram, I looked him up and I was like, we are BFFs right now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes, so... <laughs> First of all, his podcast is so amazing. Like, it just feels like you're just chilling right there and listening to him. Like, for those who go to church and you kind of drag on your ministers on how they, they, they preach the word, then Tyler is the perfect episode, podcast for you because you will love him preaching. <laughs> <laughs> A different kind of preaching, yes. Yes, a fun kind of preaching. So. <laughs> So we, uh, uh, when I went to his page and I was like, oh, yes, uh, welcome to to your B word. And I love that about your, your your section. And it's the blessed part where people come and share their spiritual and religious journeys and ideas and questions. I was like, well, my episode should be your B word. So Taylor, welcome to your B word. Woo, I'm so excited. <laughs> Now let's talk family because this all we're gonna get into it. But in order for people to really understand your journey, we need to go into your family. Tell us a bit about your family and childhood background. Yeah, so I come from a lower income family in Texas. I grew up in a suburb of Fort Worth that I kid you not is called White Settlement. You can't make that shit up. That's real. And it's so awful. And it's as bad as it sounds. <laughs> and reality is awful. Reality is aw- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that is the environment in which I grew up in. I come from a family who is just infested with ministers, uh, specifically in the Church of Christ. So it's a Christian denomination that is very similar to Southern Baptists, where, yeah, it's just super duper strict. Uh, And so that was my life growing up. Um, Definitely um, my family... uh, I had a, a grandfather that was a minister and uncle, um, multiple brothers, a brother-in-law. Like, it was everywhere around me. And I knew at a young age that I was gay. And so that obviously was not going to be so great in that environment and not welcomed with open arms. And and so that was, from a young age, that was a, a really big struggle for me. And especially just as a kid who was into theater and who was singing all the time and who was just so over the top, I did not fit (laughs) the mold (laughs) whatsoever. And what kind of ended up happening though, was I kind of like squashed myself down to try to fit the mold as best as I could. And, but you know, what happens when we do that we end up bursting out later in life because uh, you you just can't sustain that. So that's kind of what ended up happening. But that's definitely my background. And um, I I understood you because I, I come from Tanzania. That's in East Africa. Mm-hmm. Now Christianity back in our country is also they just like to. It's not as black and white as they make it, but they make it so black and white that anything they can't be in between. Otherwise, you're going to hell. That shit sucked the life out of me. And I was, I grew up a tomboy. 
being around boys. So every little thing I did, they're like, you're going to hell. Yeah. You can be just wearing shorts. You can do that. I'm like, well, I'm ready for hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped going to church. I was like, fuck it. What's the point of going to church when the people in church are the ones who judge you the most? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Now, you did say um, you knew from a very young age you were gay. Like, how old were you? No, not the coming out, but when you knew, like, what, what did you, what made you feel like, yo, okay, I'm, I'm gay? And how was that, your experience navigating this new norm that you found out in a young age, especially being in a Christian town and with Christian, like, Christianity in your family and that going to hell shit? Yeah, I mean, I it's it's so interesting. I really don't know the exact age or the exact time it hit me, but I I do know like growing up like different references. Like I remember like did you ever see the live action Peter Pan with Jeremy Sumter? No, I haven't seen that. Okay, live one. so there's this live action one and the guy who plays Peter Pan is like in this ivy like harness thing. And, like, I remember as a kid, like, that did it for me. Like, that is, I was so in love with him. And, and like, little things like that. Like, the just, like, the different, you know, pop culture people in the world that I had crushes on. Um, most of them were guys. The, the Even, like, the kids in school that I had, like, crushes on were guys. And so I also something that kind of, this was a moment probably that really triggered it for me that I can kind of pinpoint and I would have been probably around eight um I found and I won't say whose but in my house I found a porno magazine and but it was one of those that was like selling porn so it had like all different kinds of porn inside it was like a catalog and and there was one page that was a gay section of porn, and and you told and that I loved that fucking page. <laughs> that was like my page. So I would like sneak, grab that magazine, and I would just look at that page. Like I knew that page back and forth, up and down. Like I knew that page, and so. Um, that that is definitely like a moment I can pinpoint, but I knew before that point too. <laughs> so, and really, um, while we were planning this interview, right? So I was um, going through all your social medias to get a feel of you and know you, you know. And when I watched your, um, I kind of don't want to say it because we're going to talk about it, but whatever. When I was watching one of your YouTube videos, uh-huh. right? I was like, yeah, I can. Like, I, 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 I was not having flashbacks. I don't know you as a kid, but I was having flashbacks with you as a kid. I was like, yeah, I, I was a kid. <laughs> I was a very sexual child. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, loved, I loved asking questions and being adventurous, and that included sex for sure. <laughs> Of course, especially when you come to a, from a Christian childhood, like they don't talk about certain things, but you also exactly because you are talking about Jesus being born and also how did it happen? And, and if you're a child who's very curious, and me and you fight the norms because I was always questioning to okay, yes, I'm not supposed to do that, exactly. but why? Why, why, right? Just give me an answer, why, yeah. <laughs> 
Maida used to say, can she just take it and go? I'm like, no, I can't live life without just saying, if, if I have to pass it on to my kids, I need to know why. I'm 100%. Preach it. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. <laughs> so how did you come out to your family and friends and how did they take it? Did you start with family first before friends or friends then family? I started with friends first. Uh, definitely. I knew that my family was not going to take it well. So that was something that I was very prepared for, that that was going to be a bad situation. (laughs) And so I started with friends. I first came out when I was 14, I believe. I was actually trying to think back to that time. And I was like, who was the first person I came out to? And I actually had a hard time remembering who it was, but it was, I believe it was the guy that I had my first kiss with. Um, And I was 14 and it was very adorable. But uh, yeah, I, I I remember that as the as the first time that I came out to anyone, and that was obviously a positive experience because I liked him and he liked me, so it was it was cute. A yeah, win it was win. cute. Like, you didn't have to be embarrassed and hide out for a <laughs> <Yeah>. whole month. <laughs> and crossing the other side when he's yeah. walls. <laughs> well, he was like the bad boy too, so like it was it was like the perfect. Like, especially for me at the time, because I was like so innocent and like, like trying so hard to be like what I thought was good. Like I, it wasn't like, even though I knew I was gay and I, I definitely like saw the hypocrisy of the church. Like something that I talk about a lot is that because I had ministers in my family, I got to see like the behind the scenes of ministers lives uh, which a lot of people don't get to see and they don't really think of them as just human beings but I thought of them as human beings because they were my family so I mm-hmm. I definitely like saw these two sections of of the church basically like the Sunday and how you pretend to be and then who you actually are for the rest of the week and 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 so I I was able to kind of do that with myself in Uh, that environment and then also even in theater which I started in theater when I was very young um around the age of eight so around that time of the porn (laughs) so um I I understood that but at the same time I was really terrified of hell um especially as a kid like that was something that was really really scary to me so I, I can imagine because every little thing they used to threaten us with hell, like hell was the ultimate threat if you do that. Yes. Hell. Well, and then the, the, the weird thing about like sexuality is that like I I felt like I was so good, but like sexuality was something that I felt like I couldn't control exactly, and so it was just such a shitty feeling because I was like literally I was like so innocent in every other category like I can hold myself back and not do this not do that but like (laughs) damn it let me kiss that boy please you know like (laughs) those hormones just kept on creeping in (laughs) so I mean that was um and it was so that was definitely like a source of uh, of struggle and and when I did start to come out to friends they were definitely outside of of the church and uh, they were more in the theater community which is typically more open even in Texas and so yeah so I mean that was that was um better for me but I mean I still there was a lot of like hidden 
love stories. You know, I have, I had like, before I came out at 16, I had had like multiple boyfriends. I had had, um, you know, a lot of gay adventures, if you will. But a lot of people didn't know about them because I had, I felt like I had to keep them secret. Um, and so it wasn't until 16 when I came out to my parents. Yes, please do share with my listeners about the booklet, the, the way you came out, because I was impressed when I had, when I went to listen to that episode. I was like, damn, it went and actually yeah. the whole, you through the Bible. Like, I was impressed with the the route you chose to take yeah it was a process so when i first came out as i expected it wasn't good but it kind of to my surprise at the time i thought it wouldn't be good but i thought that it would be better than it was um which is kind of an odd um thing at the time to even conceptualize but as a 16 year old I came out because I was deeply in love with this boy and I was like I have to profess my love to him for everyone to see and hear and so I that's what I decided to come out and uh yeah it was horribly taken by my parents um none of my siblings knew at that time though um my my parents really wanted to keep a wrap on it and uh you know not to get into too many details about it but it wasn't good and definitely i was given you know some kind of conversion therapy literature and um uh definitely talked to about you know stopping those kind of feelings and 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 trying to put me environment in environments where I wouldn't have temptation. So uh, oh, there was a big threat to take me out of theater, which was really sad to me. And um, and then just the type of uh, then church experiences I was put into were kind of to promote basically a heteronormative lifestyle. And so it was really difficult for me at the time. And I, I, I went back and forth on what I wanted to do if I wanted to even like try to run away like that was an option for me I was I mean there was like it was it was definitely not good but I went ahead and endured it um for a few reasons and at the time like I look back and I I feel really bad for my (laughs) for my little self but um at the time I just (laughs) even though it was so awful I can't really explain it I just still wanted a relationship with my parents um and that's it's it's almost even kind of hard for me now to really understand that but even though it was so bad i still really really wanted a relationship with them and so i stayed in the closet for them until i went to college which was actually really hard because a lot of people like thought i was gay or assumed or heard rumors that i had you know been with this guy or this guy and and then i felt like i had to deny it and so basically what it ended up being was that i like really wasn't myself to anyone almost which was really sad um and the second i left for college though i had a girlfriend at the time and i know know. um but it's interesting because even like that situation like i don't i don't claim the label bisexual but um she actually knew pretty early on um, that I was gay. That came out very early on in our relationship. And, but we still did have a relationship. Like it, there were times where it kind of went in and out of being like a fake versus real relationship, which is <laughs> kind of strange. But um, 
we we did have a romantic kind of relationship for a while and and so um that was kind of an odd experience for me all in and of itself but once once we broke up um my freshman year of college that was like kind of devastating to me but i knew that i kind of needed that to really propel myself forward and at that time i was taking a biblical literature class that looked at the christian and hebrew bible as a piece of literature not a holy book and so it really broke down the history and and the meaning and translation behind different aspects of the bible and Something that was really great about that course is all the research I had done. I mean, you know, I would sneak to the family computer when I was, you know, younger and and search like <laughs> is is being gay a sin and like you know I was searching all this stuff from childhood and I when I came out at sixteen I felt like I understood that it was not a sin. I felt like I came to that realization at six before sixteen and that's how I was able to come out to my parents because I was pretty firm on the fact that it was not a sin and and so by the time that that class came around though it really like got all of that information i had gathered through childhood and put it into better words basically that i didn't have before that point and so using kind of that class to um help me i created a packet for my parents which is what you referenced and you know, it was a thick, thick, yes. thick, 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 thick package. Um, and basically what I did was um, I kind of realized that my parents were never going to not think that it was a sin. But that was something that I didn't feel like I could deal with anymore. And I I was going to come out publicly. And this was kind of like my last effort to try to convince them that it wasn't a sin. And and so how I thought that was gonna be the most um, effective was to use the Bible, what I was studying at the time. So using the Bible as my main source, I, can, I created three different sections for this packet. One was uh, basically uh, promoting all the negative things that we have from the Bible. So very anti-women, uh, very anti-people of color, um, anti-homosexuality, uh, just really all the negative aspects of the Bible, because there's definitely negative aspects of the Bible. And this, the second section, I did the reversal of that. Um, and I used the Bible to actually uplift the LGBTQ community, uplift and affirm women and people of color, and just complete reversal of the first section. Then the last section, I, again, still using the Bible and, and pulling quotes from it and everything, basically said my own opinion on everything uh, and how I felt. And I just hoped after reading it that my parents could see my perspective and understand, even if they didn't agree, could understand how I thought that homosexuality was not a sin. And I sent that to them and... Honestly, to my surprise, it completely changed their worldview and kind of rocked their belief system. And that's really when they started a deconstruction journey themselves uh, and really broke down what Christianity was to them, what religion was, what spirituality was. And they ended up switching to a gay friendly church for me uh, and 
we have just an incredible relationship now. I am extremely close with them and they absolutely love my partner Enrique and and that was a that was a really just like a complete change from how it had been, but it was all really because of of that packet and research and so um I'm very thankful for that time of in my life and that really kind of prepped me for a lot of what I do today. Now, I want to say first of all, when I when you t- when you sent me to to listen to that episode and I listened to it, I was like the fact that this this kid at this age is going through this and trying to 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 maintain the relationship with his family and educate them but you also fought for women and people of color you didn't just fight for lgbtq that was impressive that like cuz you may you could have just ended with right there but you you fought for women you fought for for people of color that that's impressive like, thank you it's amazing i mean i i i wanted i thought that it was important because they had such a they had such a wall up specifically for the lgbtq plus community but then with you know using women for example when my mom read it you know she was thinking of herself obviously identifying as a woman in those in those passages and in and in those sermons that i was quoting and using and especially in the second section where it was anti women or the first section You know, that's really hard to read. Uh and especially for her who did grow up in an environment where women are definitely considered lesser than for sure, especially in that church environment. And then so to to read that though and then to and then to think, do I stand by this? And I I think that's a really hard thing to to answer is even not about the LGBTQ community but about everything else like is it do you believe that Jesus would yeah i mean like be for all that. the hatred that is going on today in today's world like do you do you really believe that Jesus would be racist do you believe that he would be homophobic and misogynistic do you believe that those are the ideals that he stood by and If so, then why the hell are you following that? Yeah. Exactly. Cuz well in, in Christianity, the Bible love your neighbors, love everybody like you, you get what it's all about loving each other and forgiving and so I cannot imagine your mother reading that especially when it's coming from his son and now she has to to, to look into herself and question herself and uh, and the choice that that must that must have been so hard so for parents to actually come and say baby I get it you know cuz parents don't and no. Like <laughs> no no one likes being wrong <laughs> no Especially when you have to accept to your child yeah. that you were wrong. <laughs> and that's why when it comes to certain stuff I tell people listen yes some people they are on their ways but if you care enough and if they care enough if you find a way to to teach them to 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 express to them to to let them question it in a different way they will 
because we are so used to having things stuck in our heads as how they are most of people hate questioning shit because it's easier to just yes keep it moving you yeah know? I mean, it's difficult to ask those questions uh, and exactly because most people are never even prepared yes for the answers they end up getting yes because then too <laughs> if you know if you start to have these questions and and those impulses to ask the questions are are correct and they're leading you to answers that are uncomfortable then it's easy to be like you know what i don't need that <laughs> yeah i don't want to know it's okay i'm good because <laughs> then you start questioning your entire existence and like, oh yeah fuck i fucked up now i gotta i gotta own it fuck i don't want to do that i'm a big man I'm exactly big, yeah <laughs> that's amazing so um out of curiosity since i didn't know the girlfriend part are you by any chance still in touch with this girl who was the only girlfriend uh, we are yeah we we talk on occasion yes Well, I mean, well, get this, get how funny this is. So she is um, out lesbian now and she's married to a woman. So, <laughs> so look at us go. Look at that, you know? There you go. Maybe, maybe that's what was needed at that time for both of you to find the courage to, to you know. And I, I keep on saying sometimes people come into our lives for a reason, not a lifetime, but for a specific reason at that time. So y'all were helping each other find your. I completely journey. agree. I mean, we really did help each other in so many ways at that time. We both were struggling in, you know, not just my sexuality, but there were so many other things happening in my life at that time and with my family and stuff. And so, like, she was my support through that. And there was so much happening in our life that I was her support for. And so, <laughs> yeah, I. Yes, love yes, each yes. other, yes. So, how is your religious spiritual journey? I'd right say it's really, really great. I, I have come to a place where I actually enjoy spirituality, which uh, I think is is something that not everyone feels because, in especially in America, where we do have these religious structures that are are so intense and so. Um, just all about putting people in boxes, then it doesn't allow people to really yes. have full spiritual lives. And so since my deconstruction journey started as a kid, it has just continued and it, and it still continues. And I have, you know, now in, in today, I sometimes claim the label Christian, um, I kind of go back and forth on it. It depends how I'm feeling that day, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, when I do, it's just difficult because that that word has such weight. And I, you know, the same people who went into the Capitol and stormed it, a lot of them would say that they are Christian. And I do not want to have anything to do with that kind of person, to be perfectly honest. And so... um, when I talk of, about being a Christian, it, it, it's just unfortunate that I feel like some really shitty people also use that label. Um, and that's ultimately why I tend not to use it. But I also have started really getting into exploring other types of faiths and, and other walks of life. Something that I really love about my show is my podcast is about 
hearing from other voices that are different and from my own and my own experiences. And so, uh, and something that has come from that is really exploring different types of spirituality. Something I'm into right now is tarot cards. I fucking love them so much. I think they're awesome. Um, I even have like this spell book that I think is super badass. Um, but what's kind of interesting is like at the end of the day, all these things kind of remind me of Christianity, which I think is funny. Um, and that's kind of the fun part about deconstruction is that we we go through deconstruction and we tear all these buildings down. And then when they're all torn down, we look around and we just want to like throw everything away because, you know, there's so much trauma surrounding it. There's so much hurt and pain. But there might be some things that you actually still like. Uh, and even though the Christian faith has really hurt me in so many ways, and I know that it has hurt <laughs> almost every person in some way, uh, even the people it benefits, honestly, then it it can still have good aspects to it, though. And nothing is 100% good and nothing is 100% bad, right? So there are, there are prayers that I love from the Christian faith. And even like the spells and like the spell book I have and even like the tarot cards, they remind me of like devotionals and they remind me of certain prayers that I said as a child. And, and, and so it kind of is just like repackaging basically and, and looking at spirituality as something fluid, which I talk about a lot on my podcast. And, and also just to understand something I, I, I think it's so important for everyone to realize is there's a huge difference between religion and spirituality. And I, and no, everyone does not have to be religious to be spiritual. And, and so that is something that I have found so much inspiration from, so much drive from. It's, it's something really motivating to me that I can, if I want to go to a Christian service, I can go to a synagogue if I want to. I can go anywhere and, and and do some form of worship if I so want to, but I don't have to. And I can still be connected to spirit in some way. Catch part two coming out on Sunday.